What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Theology High podcast. Well, today we have a full, full day of scriptures today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about tithing. What does scripture say about tithing? Is it for us today? A lot of people will say, yes, it is. And some people will say no. But what does the Bible say about ties. What does the Bible say about ties? Well, uh, we're gonna go through the scriptures and and see what uh what the Bible says. Let's uh let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this day. We praise you, we love you, we magnify you, God, because of who you are. We thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for the day of life, thank you for this Wednesday. We praise you, God. We ask you, Jesus, to bless us, God, to purify us, to clean us, God, to give us more understanding each and every day. Help us in this uh, message, God, this uh, teaching. Uh, let us uh, understand what you're trying to tell us, God. Let us understand the context of the scriptures and let us um, not be fooled by by anyone. Uh, but let's see what the Bible says and what scripture says. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, so, like I said, we're going to go to a couple of verses here. And, you know, so here's the question. A lot of people will say that we're not under the law. And if we're not under the law, then why are we bringing things from the law under grace? Well, what do you mean? Okay. If you want to go to your Bibles in Deuteronomy 14, again, that's Deuteronomy chapter 14. And we're going to read it. It says, You are the sons of the Lord God. You shall not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. For you are people holy to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be people for his treasured possessions. Out of all the people's who are on the face of the earth, you shall not eat any abomination. These are animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roebuck, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, the mountain sheep. Every animal that parts the hoof and has the hoof cloven into and chews the cod among the animals you may eat. Yet, of those that chew the cod or have the hoof cloven, you shall not eat these. The camel, the hare, the rock badger, because they chew the cod but do not part the hoof, are unclean for you. And the pig, because it parts the hoof but does not chew the cod, is unclean for you. Their flesh you shall not eat and their carcasses you shall not touch. Of all that are in waters, you may eat these. Whatever has fins and scales, you may eat. And whatever does not have fins and scales, you shall not eat. It is unclean for you. You may eat all clean birds, but these are the ones that you shall not eat. The eagle, the, bird, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, the falcon of any kind, every raven of any kind, the ostrich, the nighthawk, the seagull, the hawk of any kind, a little owl, and the short-eared owl, the barn owl, and the tawny owl, the Korean vulture, and the cormorant. These are a bunch of bunch of owls and birds, man. The stork, the stork, sorry, the heron of any kind, the hope and the bat. I'm probably butchering some of these words, but, you know, they're animals and they're birds, okay? I've never even <laughs> heard of these different type of birds. And all winged insects are unclean for you. They shall not be eaten. All clean winged things you may eat. Verse 21. You shall not eat anything that has died naturally. You may give it to the sojourner who is within your town that he may eat it. Or you may sell it to a foreigner, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. 
you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. So here's telling, telling the people of Israel, hey, this is the things that you can't eat, and these are the things that you can eat. And these are the things that you should do and the things that you should not do. Okay. But here's the question. Knowing that we are under the law, I mean, under grace, sorry. If we're under grace, we don't follow this, this thing anymore, right? Everybody would say no. Right under that, chapter 23. You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. And before the Lord God in the place that he will choose to make his uh, to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tide of your grain, of your wine, of your oil and the firstborn of your herd and flock that you may learn to fear the Lord, your God always. And if the way is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tide when the Lord, your God blesses you because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there. And you shall turn it into the money and bind it up the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord God chooses and spend the money for whatever you desire, auction or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves. And you shall eat there before the Lord God and rejoice. And you and your household, you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your towns, for he has portion or inheritance in you, with you. At the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner and the fatherless, the widows, who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled that the Lord God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. So again, what they did every three years, it says right there at the end of every three years, you shall bring out the tide of your produce in that same year. Okay. So it's not, Oh, I'm gathering everything those three years. And then no, on that same year, from those three years, you're gonna you're gonna tie, and you're gonna give it to the Levite priest. They're gonna give a portion to the fatherless, to the widows, uh, to the sojourner, to come and eat and be filled. The ties is not for the priest to be wealthy, right? Because at this time, it was about seeds. It was about oil. Here in verse, okay, uh, verse 22 says, I'm sorry, 23, it says, you shall eat the tide of your grain, your wine, your oil, your, the firstborn of your flocks. So you may know, or you may learn to fear God always. And this was a covenant that God did with Israel. Not with everybody else, because here we can see the, you know, it says sojourner, sojourner. Actually, let's, let's see what that word means. Because I've never heard of it, sojourner. It's probably a word for something else. A guest, a visitor. Okay. So that's what it means. A guest or a visitor. So the fruits, the seeds, the wine, the oil, the cattle, all this was for the visitors, for the fatherless, the orphans, the widows. So they can eat and be filled. But now and today, there's people that say, oh, no, I'm the pastor. I'm the Levi priest now. So you have to give me the tithes. But that's not what it's saying that the tithes are for. And here, if we're not under the law no more, why are we taking the tithes and not the way that we should eat? What's going on here? 
So, so he, here's one verse, uh, one chapter. Again, that was Deuteronomy chapter 14. If we're not under the law and we're under grace, why are we doing some things that are under the law and saying, no, that's under the law? Oh, no, no. But this little part, no, this little part is under grace and it doesn't follow the under the law. But that's not what it says here. Okay. Now. Now let's go a little bit more back in Genesis. Because in Genesis, Abraham, he gives his tithes for the first time, right? But let's see why he gives his tithes of the context of this scripture. Okay. This is Genesis. Genesis chapter 14. And we're going to read from 13 all the way from uh, 13 to uh, through 20. It says, A man who had escaped came and reported this to Abraham, the, the Hebrew. Now Abraham was living near a great tree of Mamre, the Amorite, a brother of Eshcol and Aner, all of whom were allied with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men, men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men and attacked them and rooted, and rooted them, pursuing them as far as Obah, north of Damascus, he recovered all the goods and brought back his rel relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and other people. So he had a battle. He won and he took all his possessions, all the possessions of the of the enemy that got uh, captured Lot. Verse 17, after Abram returned from defeating Kedr, Laomer and the kings allied with him. The king of Sodom came out to meet with him in the valley of Shaveh. That is the king's valley. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. So what was he? He was a priest. And he blessed Abraham saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into our hand. And then, we'll, and then we're going to see what Abraham did. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So by the context, this is what happened. Abraham went to battle with these people because they had captured Lot. When they won, they took everything. They took everything. And Abraham gave a tenth to whatever they, they got, whatever the possessions they had, and they gave a tenth to the priest, which was to the priest, which was the king. So how does that apply to us? Are, so are you saying that we have to go to war with our neighbor, beat them, destroy them, get all their possessions, and then bring it to the church, to the pastor, quote unquote, the priest, and say, here, here's a tenth of my possession, the, my, of the winning possessions that I have. Because it, that, that's exactly what happened here. So obviously the, the answer is no, we don't do that. Right? Okay. If we go to uh, Leviticus chapter 27. Again, that's Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus. 
Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. And, and I want to ask you, have you ever heard of this, this, uh, this verse, these verses? Again, that's Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 through 33. And it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithes must add a fifth of the value to it. Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. No one may pick out the good from the bad or make any substitutions. If anyone does make a substitution, both the animal and a substitute become holy and cannot be redeemed. These are the commands the Lord God gave Moses at Mount Sinai for the Israelites. For the Gentiles? No. For Israelites. The nation of Israel. The people that God brought out of Egypt. That was their new commandment. That was their new covenant with God. Now here it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belong to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a, a fifth of the value to it. So what does this mean? This means if you sell, you know, if you don't want to give your first, your, your tithes of, you know, uh, of the 10%, then you sell. And then now you got to give a 20 or 30% money. So again, but here is talking to the people of Israel. As far as I'm aware, God didn't take me out of Egypt. I'm not an Israelite. I'm a Gentile, right? So what does it say? Again, verse uh, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 to 33. That was the first one. Now, you know, I had a friend and um, they told me, oh, well, what about Malachi? Okay, well, let's go through Malachi and let's see what it says. Malachi chapter 3. Okay, again, that is Malachi chapter 3. And people start at verse 6. It's very convenient. But let's start from the from chapter one, and we're gonna go down. Okay. So Malachi chapter three. It says, "I will send my messenger, who I I will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire, will come," says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he? For he will be like a refiner fire of a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and the and the and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah. And Jerusalem will be accepted to the Lord as in the days gone by us former years. Number five. So I will come to you, put you on trial, and I will quick, and I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows. Okay, this is very important. Who oppress the widows and the fatherless. And deprive the foreigners among you of justice, but do not fear me, says the Lord, God Almighty. Now, here's what a lot of pastors focus on. 
I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed ever since the time of your ancestors. You have turned away from the decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? I will, a, will a mere mortal, mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Bam, right there. They tell the, their congregation, you have robbed God. You have robbed God from their tithes. You have robbed God from the first fruits. But what is the context? The context here is talking to Israel. Is not talking. Is not talking to us. Here in the context, Israel is robbing God. Israel is worshiping other gods. Here, Israel is turning away from God. Like every time they do, they go. They say, "God, we love you. We we want we want to have a, a new covenant with you." And God says, "Okay, let's do it." And what does Israel do? Again, they go back and they turn away from God. And it says, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. So the pastor says, see, you're robbing God. You are under a curse and your whole nation because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not be room enough to store it. And I started thinking, why would he say the floodgates of heaven would open? And I started thinking, and I was like, well, when God brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt, what did he do? How did he feed them? He gave them manna. From where? From heaven. And I was like, wow. So they know, hey, your descendants were blessed by manna. What was that? That was food from heaven. So here is God saying, hey, you want the, those same blessings? I can do it again. If you just turn away from your wickedness. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it ripes. Says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be delightful land. Says the Lord Almighty. It says here. Then all the nations will call you blessed. So here's my question. Who is robbing in the church? Who is really robbing? Because the pastors says, oh no, the tithes and the first fruits, that's for me. But is that what scripture says? Let's go up to Malachi again in that same chapter. And let's read chapter uh, verse five, verse five. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows, the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. What was the responsibility of a Levite priest? Let's find out. In Deuteronomy, we see uh, under the Mosaic law, the tribe of Levi was dedicated to serve God. It says, at a time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him and to bless in his name. To this day, therefore, Levi has no portion nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, just as the Lord your God promised him. That's Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 10 from 8 to 9. 
So here, the Levi, uh, the Levite, the tribe of Levi, they were they weren't they wouldn't be able to have an inheritance because now they're in charge of the covenant. So now all the other tribes are supposed to give the tenth to to the Levite priest. One member of that tribe, Aaron, was selected by God to be the high priest. His sons and their descendants were to be priests for the nation. What nation? The nation of Africa? The nation of Mexico? Peru? Brazil? What nation? Israel. As a as each high priest died, another high priest was selected among the priests. The priests serve as a mediator between God and the people. They are the ones who took the people's sacrifices and offered them up to God. We can see this in Leviticus chapter 4, verses 20, uh, 26, 31, Hebrew 8, verse 4. The high priest, in particular, represented the whole nation of Israel before God. Exodus 28, verse 12, Hebrews 5 and 1. When a priest sinned, he brought guilt not only upon himself, but also upon the whole nation. Levite, Leviticus chapter 4, verse 3. Okay. The priest also interceded on behalf of the people before God. And they would inquire of God for the nation. The Levites, members of the same tribe, but who were not descendants of Aaron, uh, served as aides to the priests, doing things like helping to prepare the sacrifices. They took care of the temple, making repairs when needed, and served as musicians, singers, doorkeepers. Service began at the age of 25, though later changed to under uh, to 20 under King David, and continued until they reached the age of 50. The Levites were also the teachers of Israel and the nation's scribes. The Levites were also the nation's judges. They were also the nation's regulators. For instance, they were responsible for accurate weights and measures used in Israel. Neither the priests or the Levites spent all their time of service at the temple. Most of the year, they had their own homes, farms, and businesses of which to take care. According to a fixed schedule, they took turns performing the duties assigned to them. And also, their responsibility was to take care of the widows, to take care of the fatherless, the orphans. But... How are the pastors doing that with their ties? Are they really using those ties to free the homeless, to free the orphans, to help the people in need, to help the visitors? What are they doing with that money? And like I was, I, I what, like I said in one of my videos, the pastor, uh, this guy, he really took took this verse out of context. Really bad. What context is that? Let's let's look at it. This is if you want to go to you uh, to your Bibles, Luke chapter six. Look. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He was talking about tithe. He was talking about first fruits. He was saying, you know, you need to give the first fruits to the pastor because that's who they belong to. Again, he can he considers himself a Levite priest, but he doesn't do the Levite priest duties. Okay. So he was talking to the congregation. And he says, he says, brothers and sisters, let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 6. I don't know why I can't say I'm saying Luke very different. 
But Luke, 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 Luke chapter 7, sorry, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And he says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over will be poured onto your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be be measured to you. You see, brothers, that's why you have to give, you know, that's why you, uh, you can't be withholding the first fruits. Because whatever you give, God's going to return to you. But here's the problem. And this verse is has nothing to do about money. Has nothing to do about tithes. Has nothing to do about first fruits. How do I know? Let's read. Actually, let's read one verse right above verse 38. Verse 37 says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give it, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Who is he? Jesus. So Jesus is going to explain to you, to us, what he just said in those two verses. Okay? So none of us take this out of context. It says, verse 39, he also told them this this parable. Can a blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrites. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So here it's talking about judging others. It's not talking about, oh, let me let me get more money. And if I get more money, God's gonna bless me. No, that's not what it's talking about. Here it's talking about judging. Hey, if you want to help someone out. But you're, but you're in the same situation. You're struggling in the same thing. Don't be a hypocrite and tell someone else, hey, you, you know, you, you're, not, you're not supposed to be doing that. It doesn't make any sense. Here it's saying, no, fix yourself first. Then you will be able to help someone out. That's what it's talking about here. Not about money. Did God, when God said this parable, did he bring up anything about first fruits, anything about tithes, anything about offerings? No. So it's our responsibility to read the scriptures. Nowhere under grace, you're going to find that we have to give tithes. Nowhere under, t- uh, under, under grace, you're going to find out that we have to give um, first fruits. But what does it say? Okay. Excuse me. If we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, again, that is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And I want to put this very clear. I am not saying that we shouldn't give offerings to the church. We should give offerings to the church. And why? I'm going to show you. I believe in offerings. I believe in giving. Again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart 
to give. But if someone else is telling me to give a certain amount, is that what my heart desires? Or is that someone else's heart desire telling me what to do? And is that what scripture is saying? No, here is saying in chapter uh, verse seven, it's saying each of you, each of you give what you have decided in your heart, in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. In another version, it says without obligation for God loves a cheerful giver. Let me ask you, are you cheerful? When you have to give taxes, I know I'm not, I dislike taxes so much. I don't like giving taxes. I don't. So when the church tells you, you got to give a 10%, are you cheerful about that? Are you reluctantly? Or under compulsion, giving that because they're telling you to give. And if you're doing it because they're telling you, are you really a cheerful giver? Because here it says, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. So God loves a cheerful giver. Let me, I want to tell you guys this. There's this sister from church and she was telling me that at the church, at the church that she's going to right now, they actually have a, a list. And I, I think it's like somewhere like in the dining room or, you know, somewhere where a lot of the people pass you know, the members pass and there's a list of people that are giving ties and they show the amount. And she feels embarrassed because she hasn't given her ties. She's been struggling. She's been struggling uh, financially, um, you know, to pay the bills, pay the rent. Everything right now is going really expensive. And I want to, I want to ask, where does it say that we have to struggle financially just to give ties? Because under the, under the law, God was blessing them. God was providing for them. But now we're not under the law. We, we don't see manna, manna coming down from heaven. We don't see that. But now under grace... God tells us, give what your heart desires. Give without obligation. Give with, uh, with not reluctantly or under compulsion. And tell me how that's not an obligation. Tell me how that's not an obligation for us to give so we can look good on a piece of paper. And here's another thing. How is this not an obligation? Hey, you want to have a ministry in the church? Well, you need to give your tithes. I'm sorry. I have to give my tithes to have a ministry in the church. Can you show me that in scripture? Can you show me? Where in scripture says that I have to give tithes to have a ministry. Can, can you please provide me the, the book, the chapter and the verse where it says that if I want to be a minister or if I want to be a pastor or if I want to be a deacon or if I want to be a missionary or, or whatever else you have to give your tithes. Can, can you please show me? where that says in scripture and how is that not an obligation for me to give, to be 
in a ministry. Number eight says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have Prove yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his incredible gift. So you give, God's going to bless you. You give offerings, God's going to bless you. You give more offerings, God's going to bless you. Hey, you want to offer your time to the church? God's going to bless you. You want to you want to uh devote your time to the church? You want to give your your education to the church? Let's say you you're a you're a uh, a teacher of music and you want to donate some time, you know what? Hey, I'll, on a Saturday or on a Friday night, I want to donate my time to whoever wants to come and, and learn how to play music for the church, for the glory of God. Then God's going to bless you for that. God's going to bless you because you're going to bless the congregation with your, with your gift. With your generosity. Because you're giving what your heart desires. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give my time. Hey, you know what? I'm going to clean. Hey, you see that piece of trash there that's been there for like two, three weeks? I'm going to I'm gonna get it. Or that marker that's been on the wall for I don't know how, how, how long. You know what? I'm going to clean it up. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Give. I never have a problem with giving. But a lot of people will say, oh, no, you're being you're being rebellious. You're um, you're trying to. um be a, a false teacher. I, I have read the scriptures to you in full context. I have given you guys the chapter, the book, the verse, and I'll give them to you again. First one was Deuteronomy chapter 14. Read the whole thing. And read it to you to to the, to your leaders. Hey, I, I will do this first. If you're doing Deuteronomy 14, read from 4 to 21. And then ask him, hey, are we are we under the law or under grace? And do we have to do this? Yes or no? And if they say and if they say, oh no, we're under grace, we don't have to do that anymore. Okay. So then why do we still have to do what verse 22 and 28 says if we're not under the law? Oh, well, you know, uh, okay. Again, if we're under the law, if that was under the law, that's under the law. We can't take what's good for us, what's convenient for us, what's going to make us money because that's the root of all evil right there, money. 
You can't serve two masters, Jesus says. Either you're going to serve one, and the other one, you're going to, you know, have some bad uh, reputation. Vice versa. You can only serve one master. The, the second one was Genesis chapter 14 from 13 to 20. Again, this is Abraham. He won a battle. He gave the, uh, the possessions of what he won in the battle. He gave it to the priest, which was a king, 10%. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 through 33 says, hey, you don't want to give your tithes? Okay, sell what you, you, you want to sell. And now instead of giving 10%, you got to give 20 to 30%. That's what it's saying here. Money-wise. In Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, the whole chapter. Who is really robbing who? The pastors are robbing the fatherless. The pastors, the leaders, they're really robbing the orphans, the widows. Because the tithes was for them to eat. It's for them to, it says right here, um, bring the food and the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. But what? But the but the leaders are saying no, 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 no. Don't give me food. Give me the money. There's something wrong there. There's something wrong there that the leaders are asking for money. And not what it really is talking about. And the one that we're taking out of context, that's uh, that was Luke chapter six, verse thirty-eight. But read the whole context from 37 to 42. And Jesus is talking about not judging or judging others. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 15, it's talking about giving what your heart desires. Give with no obligation. Give uh, what your heart desires. Desires, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. If I give what people are telling me, am I giving cheerfully or am I giving under obligation? under reluctantly or under compulsion. What is it? So with that, I want to challenge you guys. Read the scriptures. We have to take responsibility on the things that we're learning because people behind the pulpit can tell us what to do. They can tell us, you know, anything, whatever. But our responsibility is to read the scripture. What is scripture really telling us? You know, because again, do you like giving tithes? Do you like, not tithes, I'm sorry. Do you like giving taxes? Are you cheerful when giving taxes? Because tithing was taxes, a 10%. So, that's why I am so glad that we, li- that we live under grace. Because grace is something that God gives us that we don't deserve. We don't deserve to be with him in heaven. We don't deserve sinning and asking God for forgiveness. But under the law, you have to do sacrifices for your sins. But now, Jesus died on the cross for all our sins. 
That doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want. Yeah, we're going to struggle. Yeah, we're going to, you know, mess up here and there because we're not perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God gives us grace. God says, hey, be baptized. Every one of you that believe, be baptized. Believe in me. Believe who I am. And you shall be saved. So why wouldn't I want to do that? Why wouldn't I want to be baptized in Jesus' name? Why wouldn't I want to be close to him? So I just want to thank you guys for your time. I I appreciate it. Um, let me pray for uh, for you. And um, again, I just want to thank you for you guys' time. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you again for this day. God, thank you for blessing every single one of us. God, help every single one of us, God, and bless us in, in this world. God, I know there's a lot of uh, struggles going on right now, but Jesus, you are are the one that we're supposed to put our eye on. And we want to ask you, Jesus, to bless us, to forgive us from our sins, God, to purify us, God, to bless us from the top of our heads, God, all the way down to the sole of our feet. We ask you, Jesus, to bless our friends, our families, God, anyone that's uh, hearing this, God. We we ask you, Jesus, to give us more understanding, more wisdom, more knowledge, because we want to be able to bring people to you, God. Not because, you know, uh, people are going to get rich or, or anything like that, God, but because we want them to be saved, God. We want them to enjoy the salvation, God. We want them to join us in heaven, God. So we, on that, God, we just thank you. We love you. We praise you, Jesus, and thank you for everything you've given us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. See you guys on the next one. God bless you guys. I'll see you next time.